Dominaria, Dominaria coming to MTG Arena, and MTG Arena, Unearthed Arcana, and a Fistful of MacGuffins, <laughs> Love Letter, and the Exit series. All this and more on this episode of YSNPG. Welcome to episode 27 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave. And Jengis. And we are hosted on geekade.com. What's your geek? Starting off, Dominaria is in full form. Pre-release was this past weekend of our recording, and the weekend of our recording is the release itself. That's so we are right. mid-Dominaria. By the time uh, you listen to this, it's going to be... Yeah, it'll be out. Spoiler list is out already. Oh, yeah. We've seen the full card image gallery. Mm-hmm. All right, so time for thoughts. Dominaria, the review. Um... Was it shitty? <laughs> no. No. No, it wasn't. It was I mean, pretty good. How can it be? There it is. All right, moving on. No. Yeah, uh, two <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah. Um, I, it was everything I expected. Golden dengue. <laughs> it gets the golden dengue. We're just jumping ahead here. All right, year four. Here we go. <laughs> um, it's everything I wanted in a set. Wow. Of Dominaria, I think. I mean, listen, I'm an EDH fan. What did it give me? Whole bunch of EDH cards. I mean, it gave uh, you legendary. What do you mean? I mean, yeah, EDH cards and <laughs> legendary sorceries. Don't forget. That's true. And something new, something new. Sagas. Sagas are neat. Sagas are. I neat. like sagas. Yeah. And there's legendary creatures that I like. I actually made a wish list of all the cards I want to pull. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was bored. Yeah. You know, right. I had time on my hands. I was, I was in school, and. uh I was the, 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 you know, testing day was going on. So kids were, you know, sitting in their seats and just working away on their tests. And while that was happening, um, Ooh, that was fun. And while that was happening, the, uh, I had time. So I just sort of like wrote all down all the cards that I hope to pull in the box. I'm going to get, which look forward to a possible, uh, Pack crack video, maybe. That'd be cool. Are you going to get a box? No. We should. <laughs> maybe you should. I'll probably just buy singles. Oh, Billy. Um, because, like, I mean, buy there box. are some great cards in there. Uh, but eh, it's just like I'm in no rush to play standard. I'm in no rush. I mean, like, there's, I'm pretty content with the decks I have currently in EDH. There's value in this set, man. Yeah. I think I mean, so. The the was looking at I feel the, like uh, any set with a mox is a value set. <laughs> well, I mean it's it's the Dominaria mox, so it's not exactly Yeah, but it's got a Karn too. Mox oh my god, what? That's yeah. not Yeah, that's Mox not Amber true. What does it say? Oh that's Mox Opal. Oh, I was gonna okay. say Mox Amber is up to like fifty bucks. Okay. I was gonna say Mox Opal's a hundred and ten dollars for Ooh, some reason. My Mox Opal went up in price. Uh <laughs> Mox Amber is $28. Yeah, okay. Um, For Car- now. Karn is $44. Yeah. Uh, and this is paper. Yes? Yeah. Yes, this is paper. What um, What the crack site are you using right now? MTG Goldfish. Ew, gross. What? MTG stocks for all your magic analytical uh, needs, always. I mean, there's plenty of... It's always good to get multiple sources. I love MTG stocks. MTG stocks is the greatest site ever. In <laughs> fact, you know, you should use MTG stocks. How about that? Did they pay us yet? No, not, not yet. Oh, well, then forget everything I just um, said. It's okay. But anyways, <laughs> the, the set... Yes, the set looks great. I love what they're doing. But just not like enough for me to buy a box, I would say. 
Um, Not even for the enemy lands, Hinterland Harbor, Isolated Chapel. I don't know if I'll get as lucky as I did with. Uh, I think you get. I think you get. Masters pull. I think you get even more lucky. I think. I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like there's. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting the box. I, I, I'm doing it. I think it's worth it. I yeah, really do. Hundred um, percent. But it'll be interesting to see what I get as it as it pulls. But as a set, I mean, you know, we we previously talked about the mechanics, so we don't have to go back into like what sagas are and whatnot. We did that in our last episode. That we did. It's just more of just sort of I mean, I don't think there's any cards I really want to shout out that we haven't shouted out already. I just kind of want to say overall, I think that it finished with grace. It's pleasing. There was nothing in the set that I was like, this is stupid. This is too broken. This is crazy. Um, the only thing that really caught my eye in terms of like broken, stupid, or crazy um, is that helm. The EDH crack helm. The EDH crack helm, you say? The, yeah. It, there's the artifact. The I, helm of the host? That might be it. Is that the one that makes a creature token that is a copy of a legendary creature that's non-legendary? Yep. Yeah, that is... <laughs> and a token gains haste. Yeah, that is crazy. Oh my god. That yeah. is not not so. Put so, it on a prosh, dude. Put it on anything with an activated ability. And go crazy. A token. And I guess that would get enter the battlefield effects. Yeah, it would. Um, you would create another prosh and would, all the little dragons. Well, here's a question. You didn't pay anything to create that. So it's gonna have to be oracled. I'm. I don't know if it's if it's casting cost is zero or not. Because then it's just. I'm no. pretty sure it's creating a copy, so a copy of the card, and therefore the casting cost is the same. Maybe I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. We'd have to look into it's, it. Because Prosh specifically says the mana you use to cast it. Yeah, we'd have to look into it. Yeah. But Prosh aside, I'm thinking more for like matching Kiki Jiki. Oh yeah, there's plenty of other cards or that Kalia. Work, that work perfectly well or with this. Any like any any <laughs> anybody with an activated ability. I mean, it's, it's just... And it's a rare, which uh, is the crazy thing. Well, it's because... Even, well, hey, we're EDH. We're EDH. You're not thinking in, it's, like... It's, it's mythic rare in EDH, yeah. but, like, in standard, it's probably, like... In, hey, and <laughs> in EDH, I honestly, I'm feeling the band hammer. You think? I you do think. You think it's just too overpowered? I really do, but I said the it's same cause, thing... It's because swing things? I said the same thing about Paradox Engine but year, they, they a, a year ago do, or two years ago. They like, uh, well, the, brand, the bands just came out for EDH, but, like, not... Right, but not for Dominaria. Dominaria hasn't been out yet. Um, they didn't mention anything, like, in the, the post they made. Well, like, I mean, I'm sure there's got to be playtime with it. I'm not, I don't know true. if they're going to ban it right away, but, like, I, I mean, just... I can't can imagine... Do, you do speculation. I mean, we know what it does. Look, I can't imagine that card's going to stick around for long. But then again, like I said, I said the same exact thing about Paradox Engine, and that's still in. And I'm still shocked that card is legal. Because every time that card hits the field, you know it's a problem. I mean, here's the thing. This artifact is just an artifact. It, that's like saying Paradox Engine is just an artifact. But I'm saying like... It, or a creature is just well, a creature. Well, just like What's with, the deal? Well, just like with Paradox Engine, it's not evasive in any way. You know? Neither is half the ban list. But they have like other means Panoptic of like... Panoptic Mirror is just an artifact. <laughs> no evasion. I'm, I'm just saying like it's not... It's not... I don't think it's so out of the ordinary. Um, you see it coming a mile away. I uh, I disagree. There are ways around it, especially if you're playing. A, dude, if I'm playing my equipment deck, I'm going to flash that out. <laughs> Just have to take you out first. Cigar uh, <laughs> to Zade. A one mana drop no, enchantment. I, I understand. We'll have to Artifacts see. Artifacts gain flash, and when you play them, uh, attach them to a creature you I control. I 100% believe we're going to be seeing this next week during our EDH game, so we'll let people know exactly how it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but all in all, I have to say, Dominaria was a thumbs up set for me. Dominaria, really cool. I really hope they kind of take this set as like an example 
of how to make a set really interesting mm-hmm. and not lose itself in the lore. So what you're saying is you hope they just bring Garfield back for every every set. Every single set. Every fucking set. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now correct me if I'm wrong. This is the, this is going to be, it's one set or is it set small set again? I forget like how they're changing it. Uh, I don't know if it's starting with this, but I do know the change that they made is they're no longer there's no blocks anymore. Yeah. There's just sets. And if the set needs to keep going, and it that's will. It, it'll keep and if going. it doesn't need to, it won't. So it might just be Dominaria and on to the next. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot here. I mean, they, they're setting up so much. I don't think they need another set, though. They're, they're not just, setting up anything, really. Well, you think no, about it. From a Vorthos point of view, from a, from a lore point of view, like... <sighs> The fact that are they setting something up or are they just continuing a what they had and b finishing what they started? I Dominaria is a so. return to something that was already made. Yeah, and everything that's con- all the plot points, it's all still Gatewatch, Nickel Bolas bullshit. Like, I mean, honestly, they're not really setting things up for like an extended stay in Dominaria. Yeah, I understand. Um, so many legends though. Like, I don't know why, you know, they made so many, like, that was the point. That I understand. Was, it was the legendary set. It's just so crazy to me. Like, because generally the legends play like, you know, this role in the story. I'm going to have a common commander. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's, there's a lot of cool cards. What would you say other than the, the artifact? I mean, I can read the names of some cards give on my a, wish give me list. A couple. Give me like your top. I don't know if I have a top per se, but I, what I do, what I do, my wish list. So my wish list is a, it's a bunch of cards that I believed, um, I'd want mostly in terms of like thinking about decks. Yeah. I think about like, I have, for those that don't know, I have like 20 EDH decks. I have an EDH <laughs> problem. Um, maybe even more than 20. I haven't counted in a while, but my point being is like, I've got a lot of decks and because I have a lot of decks, sometimes it takes a while for me to like rediscover that there are certain cards that I should like look for, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like cards that I should be like, oh, let me hold out and like wait to, you know, do this and get this card. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like it is what it is. But here's here's my list. Um, Karn's Temporal Sundering, the legendary sorcery mm-hmm. that gives an extra turn and pops something on the field, which is great for my Joyra deck, which has a bunch of turns in it. Mox Amber, obviously. Obviously. Lyra Dawnbringer for my Angels deck. Uh, Denitha Capashin, the Paragon for my Artifact Equipment deck, because she's just great. Uh, Naban, Dean of Iteration, and Narumeha, Master Wizard for Wizards Tribals. Um, possibly a five color, possibly a two color. Um, Precognition Field's a cool one. What's that one? Um, is it blue? Yeah. I'll Check it out. Real quick. Um, Unwind. Oh, Unwind is also really cool. Unwind is the new Rewind, but for three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Pre-ca- and Wizards ret- Retort is great. A three <laughs> counter, but if you're a wizard, it's just a counter spell. It's wild. Uh, precognition field enchantment uh, three colors one blue uh, you may look at the top card of your library at any time and you may cast the top card of your library as if it's an instant or sorcery card and then for three mana you can exile the top card of your library that's a rare 
Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good card for a blue deck. Um, Lich's Mastery, Phyrexian Scriptures, On Sarah's Wings, a great little enchantment for my uh, Ural deck. It's like, it's crazy. It's like, what, two or three mana? And it gives like plus one, plus one flying first strike and vigilance i think or like vigilance first strike and lifelink or flying vigilance and lifelink it's like flying vigilance lifelink yeah if it's legendary if it's legendary which for your obviously not a problem um jaya ballard i want the planeswalker she's great i want her for super friends um i want the obviously i want teferi and his oath of course um i want the karn planeswalker <laughs> i want a short sword a little one drop one equip, it's great for my little speedy equipment deck. That's true. Black ba- the Black Blade Reforged. That card is sick. Did you read that card? <laughs> uh, let me take a look. Bring it up. Uh, Obviously, Helms of the Host, Jota Archmage Internal, the new Joyra. Equip seven. Oh, equip Legendary Creature three. Yeah. And gets plus one, plus one for each land you control. Yeah. Well, that's dumb. Yeah, my equipment deck is going to get <laughs> fucking beefed. Um, broken Bond. Uh. Yeah, just a whole bunch. And so what you're whatever saying, I don't get, I'm going to have to just So what you're saying is splurge. the new meta is destroy artifacts. Yeah, right? Destroy um, legendaries, honestly. For me, um, just looking through, uh, I didn't go into it as deep because I didn't. Um, but there's one in blue that sticks out for my... Uh, for my love, like my monsters of the deep deck. deck. Yeah. Yeah. Slim Voda, <laughs> the rising deep. Yeah. It's a bit expensive, but mostly creatures in that deck are expensive. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, but, you're playing Krufik, so that's yeah. not a problem. That's not a big deal. But it's an ETB. If it was kicked, uh, which is, it returns all creatures to their owner's hands, except for Merfolk, Kraken, Leviathans, Octopus, and Serpents. Except for the shit that you play. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it. I love having more bounces. Yeah. Because that makes my deck just, just more. Just like Credit Leviathan and mm-hmm. all the rest of them that yeah. just sort of do that same thing. Yeah. Now, that Jun Dragon is nice, but I don't know if I could really make like a deck around him. You don't have to make him in a deck. Put him in Jund. Put him in Prosh. Or don't you have a Dragon's deck? No, you have dinosaurs. I have dinosaurs. The yeah, point of Prosh is. is to give things to Prosh. That's true. You don't want to take it away from giving things to Prosh. I guess that's true. If I had a dragon's deck, yeah, hell yeah, I would put him in a dragon's deck. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have a dragon's deck right now just because I can't really... Uh, I mean, maybe eventually I'll just drop dinosaurs and go for dragons. But dinosaurs is fun. No, dinosaurs are cool. they actually threw some dinosaurs in this yeah, set. Yeah, they did. It's which a, was, it'll be a lasting was, thing. Which is a nice thing. Speaking um, of... Mixing old and new, um, Dominaria is coming to MTG Arena. That's right. Uh, um, which is great because I, I could use the chain. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I haven't played it in a little while. Um, I'm too busy playing God of War. <laughs> but Dad of War. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> boy, come here, boy. <laughs> boy. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, it's great. Oh, <laughs> boy. Read this. <laughs> what does it say, boy? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Anyway, um... But I could use the changeup. I, I have a pretty solid deck. I kind of worked back up and got my Merfolk back, uh, deck back in action again. And I have a Locust God deck. Ooh, um, Locust God. Yeah, between the two of them, I I, I win the majority of what I play. Um, I'm still waiting, man. I'm still waiting to see what's what's going to happen when things rotate. What's going to be that? Are they going to keep the sets or are they going to yeah. drop? I hope they keep them. Because like they say that... Uh, you know, I, was, I know that they say Arena is supposed to be like only the new stuff. Yeah. But... It, I would 
what they have to give players compensation then. Yeah. You can't have them collect, especially if it's a freemium game where how, they're going to have paid content. You can't have them crack a pack of something and the, not give them compensation for it. Have the drops been? Have you been like? Uh, has it gotten any better? Have they changed it? A lot less of the craft cards of like the 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 you get anything cards. I think you told me about that last time. Those come up a lot less frequently. Um, but the loot is fine. You get packs every Friday. Every fr- I don't know if that's a beta thing or if that's how it's going <laughs> to be. Man. It's essentially what it is. But every Friday you get like three packs. You get three packs of the most recent sets minus the most recent set. So like when Dominaria comes out, I'm probably going to get a three packs of like, it'll be like, you know, it, it'll be the two Ixalons and I guess Hour of Devastation. And then Dominaria is like the the win packs that you get if you if you're winning and playing and you, you know that's how you get those or you purchase them with your gold um but i could use a change up in a meta i i like that the <clears throat> they're also adding events yeah um apparently uh, starting, starting off this, with 1v1 this week they're going to be doing best of one drafts not 1v1 oh excuse me best Everything's of one 1v1. that's true <laughs> um but it's best of one uh no, sorry best of one constructed and then best of one drafts is coming out the week uh that this podcast will launch yep um so uh, have they done any is drafts in the game right now no it's so great out so this will be the first draft that they put in so is the so is the other thing yeah well that's constructed anything, anything. yeah but the, we don't have a like an, an event yet yeah. there's no events in the game i wonder what the the rewards will be yeah um you know, I, I'm curious to see if like they'll add more rewards for completing events. Like speaking of rewards, this is a really fun fact of of, of information, point of information. Um, in New Zealand right now, they are testing um, the fucking Yu-Gi-Oh code shit bullshit going down. And in New Zealand, they've got like codes yeah, in they're, packs. They're doing the test, yeah. And that well, they haven't described what you get. They haven't they said did. you get the cards. They no. said you get in-game items. You can get. Um, they say, I believe, I thought they said either it will also give a random in-game item, either a digital booster pack, a single digital card to add to their collection, or some in-game currency. So it'll be one of three things. Yeah. Interesting. you're going to get currency or single cards more than you'll get. Full pack? Full pack. I don't know. Probably, it'll probably go single card, currency, pack in terms of rarity. Rarity, Yeah. Because currency is good for everything. But hey, that's cool. I'm down with that. Every time I buy a box, just unload a bunch of codes into so you my get, you get about in like, my arena. And you could get lucky. Maybe get more packs than you do everything else. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm down. If if you know, it's a good. It's a step in the right direction. It is. You know, um, it is. they're good testing it out in New Zealand. Uh, I'm assuming that they'll do well enough that they might start rolling this out globally, or at mm-hmm. least move on to the United States next. Then maybe do Europe. Oh, that'd be so nice. Um, I'm curious if they'll be forced to reveal the rare, like the chances you'll get with like all the loot box controversy. Mm-hmm. Then again, I don't know if this is technically considered a loot box because it's taking a physical item and giving you technically something at no additional cost. Right. Um, so maybe they won't be forced to do so because it's not like they're paying money for a random chance. Right. They pay money for physical cards and then also get a little code, a little boost. Yeah. A little, a little something, something. Um, boo, 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 boo. but yeah, I think it's a great idea, and I hope they do continue it. Um, 
And that's about it for Magic the Gathering. For Magic the Gathering we'll, news. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what the next set's going to roll up to be. But for yeah. right now, it's going to be Dominaria. Yeah, and I think oh, and since the last time we've we've casted, both the Challenger decks and the Duel decks came out. So mm-hmm. you, I'd pick those up too if you want a Chandra Torch of uh, Torch of Defiance. Uh, retails about twenty two bucks. I've seen it cheapest. So not bad. Not bad considering that card itself is like thirty bucks. So <laughs> get it and make a profit while you can. Like All you right. know. Get it and turn it. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, D&D. D&D. Start um, with the Unearthed Arcana, as, as, per, as per our norm. I mean, as long as it's available. Yeah. Um, um, so this was apparently created during Mike Merle's Happy Fun Hour on Twitch. An early draft of it appeared. This was apparently created when <laughs> Judge Dredd was the rage. <laughs> um, but they decided to make the Order <laughs> Domain. Um, I am the law. <laughs> which is obviously a domain for clerics. Um, let's see here. So, But it's not about divinity. It's about law. It's about the law. <laughs> uh, but then the again, there's some, there's some gods that are strict about Of course laws. there are. I mean, yes. The still lawful cleric. gods. Oh, <laughs> finger thing. There it is. Bring it back. Bring it back. My wife. Um, We're just doing our greatest hits of old jokes. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> um, Evan just comes in. <laughs> hey guys. Sir Spectre. Yeah, right. um, so they get the, at level one, the order domain gets, uh, obviously their domain spells, uh, but they get the voice of authority. They get their shit in order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently you can order someone to attack immediately after you cast a spell uh, of any spell on an ally using a slot what level one a slot or higher they can use a reaction to make a weapon attack against a target of your choice that you can see as the spell targets more than one ally you choose the ally who can make the attack so i feel like i'm i'm the order cleric already because i'm always just like hey buddy go attack that thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean it's action economy no, i know it's i know using your reaction yeah um, um it's a joke Jengis. i'm solely joke uh, it's, haha, it's funny. <laughs> it's a fake laugh. It's still a fake laugh. That's even worse. <laughs> um, uh, they get their child divinity. Uh, buh, 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 buh. They have to uh, any creature within thirty feet of you that can see or hear you must uh, succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by your law. Um, I guess. That's mm, okay. I guess they. It's a law. Listen, it's a law cleric. (laughs) It's a law cleric. That's what it comes down to. And the question is, did we need this? Was this a good use of an unearthed arcana? Because in my mind, I'm like, no. I mean, some people, I'm sure, wanted it. Why? Because they play these. They play a lawful cleric. So why? Like, but like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't. I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, I I just don't see this being helpful there were plenty of domains for clerics already and you could still be a lawful cleric and be the the leader so to speak if i want to use a, a, a this doesn't a, seem like a leader and inf- no i'm using an infamous 4e term oh, jesus <laughs> you want to be the, yeah, the leader I re- role i remember that yeah right like i i get it like i do but at the same time i'm just like i wanted something else Give me something fresh. They're not going to give us anything fresh. I like fresh, though. I like, you know, in the most recent D&D game that we played, um, I played the Mystic class. I tried it out. And it was nice. It was nice being something, like, sort of different, sort of new. 
And it made me yearn for more like unorthodox arcana playtest material that is like completely not just a derivative of something already made. Like something that is fresh. I mean, I feel like unorthodox arcana is kind of like a, a stand-up comedian set. You know, the Adamus. It's not that it's like the add a minute here, the add a minute there, you know. They they kind of build it up. Some things they keep, some things they cut. And then they release it all in like an hour special or like a 15 minute special, you know, and that's the books. You know, those are the books we see. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, what a but, weird analogy, I guess. Um, but that's the way I kind of perceive it is like it's they, they, they take these small things, build, build, build. Some things are hits. Some things are misses. But all in all, it's all can't wait to get to my Lewis Black book coming that's out. That's right. Afterwards, the Chappelle expansion. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I just, I honestly think that I was, I was less than impressed with the Anorth Arcana. I mean, there's been many in Anorth Arcana we've been less than impressed with. This I know. Isn't anything I new. know. I just, <laughs> I guess I just yearn. Like I said, playing that Mystic class made me yearn for more stuff. Understandable. Um, you know, the, it's, it's hard to say because I know like Mordenkind is like right around the corner, you know? Yeah. Um, but honestly, you think something new is going to be in there? Or is it going to be playing it safe again? And hey, here's a couple more domains and here's a couple more arcane traditions. And Are we even going to see player options in Mordenkind? There you go. There's an even better question. That's what I'm saying. So like, that's my point. My point I thought is... this was is, like the Monster Manual-ish one. I'm, I think that was Volos. Or is this... But this is the Tome of Foes. Yeah, but what does that even mean? It means there's a tome full of foes. But what does it even mean? The tome we don't know a yet. Foe, by definition, is one who is your enemy. Well, yeah, but we don't we don't know what that means. That might be a bunch of like named villains. Yeah, you're right. It might be like Asarak. Here's uh, the stats. And in the beginning of the book, you could be like, "Hey, you wondering how he got to be like this? Here's some player options for you. Like, you don't know. <laughs> you want to be a lich? Be a lich. Be a lich. <laughs> Um, um, I'm just, yeah, I just, I don't know. Not, not feeling on North Arcana. Wasn't feeling it. Wasn't, wasn't down. Yeah. Wasn't getting jiggy with it. No, 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 no. Um, eh, I mean, like, like I said, it's We can keep debating this, but I, I, my, my opinion's not going to change. Okay. Fair enough. I'm just trash, trash on North Arcana. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to what's next, David? A fistful of MacGuffins <laughs> is what's next. So at the time of this recording, tomorrow, I am going to see Avengers Infinity War. Oh. Yeah. With, with a whole fistful of MacGuffins. I mean. <laughs> known as the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> it is indeed a fistful of MacGuffins. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to a special. I scored tickets with Bevan to go see a special fan event version. They're doing like AMC's doing this thing. It's like, it was 25 bucks a ticket. Ooh, that's um, expensive. Right. It's like half the price or double the price of a normal ticket. It's but more than that. Considering I go on like, I know I go on a Sunday matinee. Me My too. ticket is six bucks. Me too. But this I mean, quadruple I'm, t- I'm the talking price. about like the normal price was like $16 for a ticket. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, this is, it's really 3d. Unfortunately, I've kind of, you I've fool. lost the taste. You fool. Um, Watch movies in normal. <laughs> I do all the time. I've lost the taste of, of 3d. I like the IMAX. The only problem is they most, most of the time they combine them. They do. Um, and also there's no real IMAX theater in a vicinity near me that I want to like, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Rockaway and that's a drive. It's a bit of a drive uh, for you. Yeah. For me, not so much. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to go, I, I bit the bullet and we're going to go see it in Realty 3D, but it's going to come with like, 
um, a special like commemorative coin that you're uh, only getting at this one screening. Uh, it's at 6 p.m., which is the earliest screening in the country uh, outside of the premieres. It is like the course. earliest commercial screening is 6 p.m. It's um, on Thursday. So th- yeah, tomorrow. Wow. And uh, on top of that, it come. I mean, I think there's gonna be free concessions for us, like free popcorn. Oh, um, how but, nice! Right. But uh, also, apparently, there's like exclusive content that we're gonna see that other people won't, and it might just be in the form of interviews or thank yous or behind the scenes. That'd be but fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing something that other people aren't gonna see. Yeah. And also. I'm looking forward to not having to worry about spoilers. I'm going to see it before everybody else. I mean, there's probably already spoilers at this point. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, but they're rare. Yeah. I mean, they've got that on lockdown. And a lot of the people that see the movie are pretty tight lipped. But I mean, like. Make them sign NDAs. I'm going to, I'm going to know. Like, I'm going to be one of the first to know. I'll come into that theater and I'm just going to look at all the poor bastards waiting and be like, I already know. I know that Han Solo dies. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Right. Um, before I get to what what the point of this is, speculation. You think someone's tanking? I yes. think Downey. Downey? I think Downey. Downey or Evans? Uh, I think Downey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Evans. It'll be sad to see either one of them go, but this is Marvel, so let's face it. You know, they'll be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a month, but point being is I just... <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all honesty, like it's the Marvel Universe. Like people come back. It's comic books. Yeah. But it would be a shame. But with a facelift. Yeah, right? Isn't that right, Rhodey? Yeah. <laughs> um, it would be a shame, though, for either of them. I, I don't think there's a single is it Avenger. A shame? It is. I mean, because look, I mean, the way I look at it, yes, I've grown fond of their portrayals of these characters. They've yeah. made them their own. Yeah. In fact, in some ways, they've they've changed the way that the comics themselves portray the characters. They've Im- uh, dude, especially in, my, in the terms of RDJ. Tony, Tony Tony Stark is yeah. now forever Robert Downey Jr. He really is. <laughs> it was perfect casting. Um, and and Evans is Cap, man. That's Cap. Like I don't know what he was thinking doing the Human Torch back in the day. Because let me tell you, Cap. He was he was made for Cap. Like, See, that's Cap. It seems like it. Um, but like, yeah. I mean, all things all things come to an end. Right, Thanos. <laughs> um, Thanos is more like a southern draw. Like you know, Captain America. It's Josh Brolin. <laughs> oh. Speaking of which, while we're just on the topic of superheroes, I know I'm bouncing around here right now. But I just got to say, did you see the most recent Deadpool trailer? Yes. When he, when he says to uh, Brolin's cable, he's like, pump the hate breaks, Thanos. <laughs> then he calls him One-Eyed Willie, and I was like, oh, man, Goonies throwback. Um, but oh, yeah. Oh, I, the reason, thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, all of Deadpool is like, a big finger thing. Um, I brought up the Fistful of MacGuffins because I thought it would be fun if as a sort of celebration of 10 years of Marvel and the Avengers and Infinity War, if we incorporated that into our world and we said, let's take these guys into the universe of medieval fantasy, high fantasy D&D. So Marvel 1602? No, even even further back. Okay. Like, and let's say like... Marvel (laughs) 1492. Let's say like who... In in the Forgotten Realms D and D universe, using five E Toril, <laughs> Toril, if you will, let's roll out some Avengers, and each of us take turns describing if there were D and D versions of them. Like, what would their classes be? What would their alignments be? You know what I mean? What like like just a little bit about them, and and what are changes that we would see bringing them from 
modern tech high fantasy to medieval and we're going to leave out Eberron. Okay. So, I mean, because that's an easy out for, yes, for a lot is. of them. <laughs> um, so that's why I specifically said Toril. What would these people be? Okay. So do you want to start with one? You want me to give you one? You want to give me one? Sure. So that you was the your question. Yep, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do uh, I give you one, you give me one. Uh, yeah, okay. Roll it. So how about... How about you start us off with Spider-Man? Spider-Man? Wow. Yeah. What a weird way to start. I was sure you were going to be like Iron Man. Those or, are the easy ones. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but they're also, they're also the iconic ones. Spider-Man's like, he's my favorite superhero. He's everybody's favorite superhero. He's, he's the great A Marvel. But in terms of the cinematic universe, I mean, Iron Man's the figurehead, man. It's true. Tony Stank started it all. <laughs> he did. Tony Stank. Um... Speaking, well, another side note, did you see where Stan Lee was just like, they were like, do you want to say anything to the fans? He's like, I want to thank them for coming out to see my cameos all these years and staying to watch the movie. <laughs> I was like, nice. Um, all right. Spider-Man. That's interesting because I would say like my my first, my gut reaction is a follower of Lulf, but I'm not sure that that he would be, I don't want to make him a dritzed. So I don't want to make him a dark elf. And I don't know if he would be a fo- like a, a follower of law from the sense of like, like probably I would say, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I got something. A young man. Okay. Who was a, a rogue, a rogue who lived in, I would say a, a populated city that has connections to the underdark. So let's just say like Baldur's Gate. Lives in Baldur's Gate, populated city, um, doesn't live a very high monetary life, um, simple life, takes what he can, lives with his with his elderly aunt, um, uncle passes away, mm-hmm. just the two of them, he has to sort of take what he can to survive, but his uncle, better yet, I'll change this around and make it even more Spider-Man. His uncle is alive. Okay. Uncle Uncle Benjen. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uncle Benjen. I mean, Ben's a name you could use. Yes, but Benjen is a Game of Thrones very fancy way of saying Ben. All right. So Benjen. Um Uncle Benjen uh always told what do we call what do we call Peter? Peter with a Y. P-E-T-Y-R. Peter. <laughs> Um, He always told Peter to, you know, do the right thing that, you know, even though he his his pickpocketing skills were were decent. He always he always taught him about responsibility and what it meant to be a great responsibility. No, just responsibility. What it meant to be a good citizen. And unfortunately, there's a time where Peter sees a dark elf, a drow. Oh. A female drow. Ooh. Adorned in all of her high-class gear. For some reason, walking through Baldur's Gate. I was going to say, why is this... <laughs> we'll make it at night. Okay. When the, the the evil denizens are out. And he tried to pickpocket this woman. What a fool. And Uncle Benjen sees it and tries to protect Peter from it. And they kill Benjen for it. No! And they take Peter. And as punishment, they try to do the ritual to turn him into a drider. Oh, shit. But in the middle of the ritual of turning him into a drider... A drider 
Um, the town guard manages to come in at the last second and stop the ritual halfway through. But in doing so, some horrible magics have gone into Peter and in turn have imbued him with some of the supernatural abilities of a spider. Mm. And after everything that happens, he changes his life around to use the powers that he has to honor the memory of his uncle Benjamin. Okay. Yeah. And that's pretty much D&D Spider-Man. All right. I would have gone a different way, but... I thought that was a pretty good way to go. That's a pretty good way, but that's that's not what I was envisioning. All right. But it's fine. That was your choice. Yeah. I'm going to give you an easy one for you. Because I I already know how you're going to take it. Drax the Destroyer. Drax the Destroyer. Or should I say Court? (laughs) (laughs) Very different people. Thank you very much. I mean, it's 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 very easy because I mean it's just a matter of like you pick uh like you just pick like a I mean Drax would be uh, obviously you'd be a barbarian. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the rage is real. But I mean like I think he would probably be the he would be multi class mm-hmm. uh because he would start off as a fighter, mm-hmm. I would say. Um he would be a fighter in his early life, you know, with his family. He would be probably like I want to say he would be nomadic. They they seem more like a maybe like an island, like an island group, mm. something like that, or not not very close to major civilization, kind of like out in their own thing. But they have their own traditions, they have their own you know history, so to speak. Um, but then uh, then one day, I guess maybe they'll have like let's say they have a a rare artifact or something or other. a MacGuffin, if you will. Mm, <laughs> like an infinity stone of some kind. <laughs> you could say, but that's not really what Drax's story no, is. Who cares? This is D&D Drax. <laughs> um, comes in, slaughters his entire village and his family. Mm-hmm. Somehow he, he fights, he gets defeated, but he lives um, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's rescued by like some, maybe some deity up above um, saves him. Mm. Uh, Tempest. Tempest. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, having his entire culture, his life taken from him, you know, he gives into the rage. That's what makes him take that. That's what gives him that level of barbarian. Uh, Maybe that barbarian is, you know, ushered into him by this god. um, And he becomes kind of like, he's obviously a a raging berserker. Mm. Um, And yeah, two axes. I Mm -hmm. think that's pretty good. Um, not wearing a lot of armor, no armor really, just maybe like a loincloth. Yeah. And just like, you know, just on a, a quest for vengeance for his people. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, throw one at me. That's easy. Yeah. Uh, hey, <laughs> hold on, it's a lob. <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> oh. um, see, this is interesting. So Iron Man. Now in, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Iron Man, in my uh, opinion, how I pull Iron Man in the D&D world is obviously Iron Man is an artificer. Okay. Is an, like, you said no Eberron. Artificer has been brought in an, in, an, uh, in an unearthed arcana. That's true. That In a non-Eberron way. So technically, I'm going to say an artificer. But if, if that's too Eberron-y, I would just say a wizard. He's a wizard. How about that? That wizard variant, that like the, the technomancer, the, the armor wizard. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, that's essentially what I'm saying. Like he's a wizard, but he's not a wizard in terms of like a spell wizard. He's a 
magic item wizard because mm-hmm. they did that too didn't they recently something with like I magic think... item create magic item creation and like it being like there was like a or was that the artificer that i'm thinking of i think it was the artificer you were thinking of, but i think i could be wrong they made something recently where it was just like a ma- it was like a magic item wizard it was like everything you do was like a magic item thing um anywho uh yeah that's pretty much what i'm thinking and he he would be um also and here's the fun part of it. He'd be um, a lich. Oh, fun. Yeah. But not like. You always take these to like. Not like an evil e- way. No, not like an evil. <laughs> not like an evil lich. Um, because that's just the thing. Like, I know D&D. Fuck what D&D says. You don't have to be evil to be a lich. Right? Are you sure? Mm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, like, I think in D&D rules, maybe. I think the act of sundering one's soul into a phylactery denotes but, some. But that's just it. Because that's what I'm doing. He was mortally wounded mm-hmm. and he needed a way to survive. He had a gaping hole in his chest. And so what did he do? He used all of his magical item know-how and built something to to house his soul, but still in his body, which is why he retains his humanity. So he just keeps his phylactery with him at Correct. all times? Correct. His phylactery is the glowing orb in the center of his chest. How fancy, And David. therefore, and it keeps the connection of his soul with his body. So he's not, that's why he's not evil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that he's... He's really like a pseudo-lich, really. Yeah, I don't want to call it a demi-lich because that's a completely different creature. But yeah... Long story short, that's what I'm thinking. And so he builds like this, yeah, this like phylactery that he puts into himself. And he doesn't want to be this thing, but he sort of has to be. It's the only way he could survive. But then he realizes that this item that he's built, this powerful item, can also power lesser artifacts. And so he begins to build and build and to protect himself, builds magical suits of armor that do different things, different activation of different abilities. And he has different suits of armor for different scenarios. And he keeps them all on him and in like a, in a wondrous, uh, in um, a bag of holding um, or a handy haversack. So he can pick the armor he needs at the time that he needs it, you know? And, uh, he has a, I would say he casts Mordenkaiden's Magnificent Mansion often. <laughs> so he can go in there and that's sort of like where he builds and works. All right. And this is right. this is my Tony Stark. I like it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Totally. Um, Doctor Strange would be way too fucking easy. Because mm-hmm. he's already a wizard. He's the he, Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> um, so let's go magic a different way. I know what I would do, but I'm just to see what you would do for Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch? Yeah. Huh. Um... See, that's a, this is the tough. This is a tough decision because you want to say, do you want to make her a sorcerer or do you want to make her a warlock? Um, because warlock kind of makes sense. Yeah, don't uh, don't take my influence, but if uh, my gut instinct is warlock, because like just imagining her as like kind of like a normal. I mean, everyone starts. It, it, that's a superhero thing, right? From normal beginnings to extraordinary, you know things um so just seeing envisioning her as like a a normal kind of village girl Mm -hmm. um not like real no no real ambitions yeah or anything like that outside of silvery moon that's sokovia woods (laughs) i don't know about that um but uh just like just imagining her as like normal person, and then like some trying to think like what kind of event would push someone to make a deal with an otherworldly being. Um, 
anything. Village is wiped out. Village is wiped out. Her brother are the only survivors. I want to make this a different one. I want to say like the love of her life is taken away from her. Ooh, interesting. Um, So she wants to bring this love back. Hmm. Um, Why not go the old traditional Marvel route and say she was tainted by her father? Hmm. Well, that's cool. Right? Because uh, now you got Magneto this in This is there. my story. Yeah, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> then I get to give her no, like... No, that's the, fine. Keep, that, keep going. You can give her that scarlet... The scarlet motif is more of a scarlet of love. I know. We're, also, this, we're, also, we're also doing the MCU, so it yeah. makes more sense not to bring Magneto into exactly. it. Exactly. No mutants in this MCU. Yeah. <laughs> um, yet. Um, not that she's a mutant anyway. <laughs> Marvel retcon universe. That's right. She's anyway. a wonder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so she, she tries to, tries to bring her cause she doesn't have money. She can't pay for a resurrection, Yeah, but she wants to bring her love back. Mm. So she tries to, she tries to, maybe she'll find a ritual in like an old tome mm. or maybe she'll, you know, just a, a vision in, in nah. her sleep. Ah. I didn't mean it like that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a dream, um, like tells her how to do it, but it doesn't work the way it's wanted her to work. Um, so now she has like <laughs> no more gnomes <laughs> house of G, <laughs> <laughs> but now she's made a pact with this otherworldly being. I wouldn't say a fiend. I wouldn't say fiend. I would say more like the other world, like the, the elder, the, the elder, elder gods, yeah. like, the, like Cthulhu. Yeah. That's what a fiend um, do. I was trying the exact same. <laughs> and uh, she, you know, she uses that chaotic power to, do the bidding of her master until yeah. maybe she tries to find a way of just making that power her own. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. That's exactly how I would have done it. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Marvel. Marvel Give me a hard Marvel. one. It's cool. I could make sure it's an infinity war character. Infinity war so character. no Hawkeye. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We all know he's going to show up sometime. Mm. Ooh, here's a cool one. How about black Panther? Ooh, black Panther. Black Panther is a hundred percent a druid. Hundred mm-hmm. percent a druid. That is, because uh, they have like the bestial powers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's. I I wouldn't change much, right? <laughs> really, you think like a prince? Yeah, like a prince who becomes king, and he has to take on the. Um, he has an ancient, you know, artifact. A, a necklace that connects to his 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 druidic god passed down um, from passed down from generation mm-hmm. to generation, and through this he is able to connect to the spirit of it, of the panther in a way that is um you know even stronger than that of a normal druid where he can take on the innate qualities of a panther without going into beast form. He doesn't have to take bestial shape. He can. He's a druid. He could do so, but he doesn't need to. Um, and he's not just a druid. It's definitely a multi-class. It would be a multi-class, I would say, a druid fighter. Druid fighter makes sense. Yeah. And I would say either druid fighter or druid monk. Yeah. Ooh, druid monk's not bad, too. But this is my story, Jax. I know. <laughs> I'm going to say druid fighter. I am going to say fighter. Um, though monk does sound good, too. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> you really do. Either one. I, I would go either one. Um, but I don't think it's just solo druid. No, it's, it's got to have that that martial capability with to your it. Fists. Yeah. Um, or your but claws. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't change. I don't think I need to tell a backstory because, like I said, I think T'Challa's backstory would be as it is. Um, the only difference would be 
Um, and how, not even difference. How, how would he interact with the world of Toro? Would you say? I, I think it's the same. I, I, I imagine the Wakanda of Toro would be like this place that instead of by technology it being shrouded and and by the way, I mean obviously spoilers here for Black Panther and stuff. If you haven't seen it yet, screw you. Um, the Wakanda, instead of it being technology that sort of shrouds it from the outside world and makes it just look like it's like nothing, it's just simply magic. And and Shuri is like this prodigy wizard, wizard or sorcerer even that just can, you know, do these things. Um, but I think he, yeah, so he, Wakanda sort of keeps itself separate. It's, it's, it's sort of like one of those um, uh, colonies of men and and not just men. I would say Wakanda definitely has like elves and uh, gnomes and you know all manner of creatures. But it is just a place that has been it has been left to peace because it's been ruled in in proper hands, in hands that were wise enough to to give to the people and help the people. And as such, their magics being so advanced, maybe because of how long they've been passed down. He just sort of, um, you know, they just sort of refuse to give that that magic up. It's magic that I'd say it's druidic magic, so it's already ancient and in deeper understanding than any normal caster can sort of figure out. But I would say they even have books and theories that Candlekeep like doesn't even have. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like they are definitely hoarding their magic. But I feel like there would be an event. Maybe it was the spell plague. Maybe it was something bigger. Maybe it was Aserac's return to the world. Like something. Some, a big bad mm-hmm. that causes T'Challa and Wakanda to finally sort of join the world join the world and put down the magic barrier but i mean that's i'm pretty just verbatim making <laughs> yeah like i'm not really changing much cuz i don't need to i think it works it it works in the world cool um let's go with rocket raccoon rocket raccoon huh yeah huh huh see if you'd given me that, that would have been my druid too. <laughs> stuck would, in a bestial form. I, I wouldn't know. say that. I would say he'd be more of a monstrous creature. Yeah. I would say he'd be a monstrous race. Hmm. Um, maybe his own thing. I wouldn't say he's a kobold. I wouldn't say he's a goblin. But how was he made? Uh, <laughs> maybe he wasn't made. Maybe he was just part of a. Maybe he just was. <laughs> Part of like a, you know, part of like a race that doesn't really exist anymore or Mm -hmm. maybe a fey race that maybe when he was young, he slipped into the normal plane and Mm -hmm. couldn't make his way back. So that's why he doesn't know what he is. Sure. He, he just thinks like he's a, a furry human in a way or like a, he's a furry or like he's like (laughs) a, he's not a, but he's not human and he's not a monster. He doesn't know what he is. He doesn't feel like he's. Has a place. Um, so Rocket. Yeah, Rocket. Uh, I would make him a ranger. I would make Interesting. him... Interesting. <laughs> a ranger. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, I think just for the sake of uh, being kind of like a... But more like the the bounty hunter kind of ranger. Straight ranger? Hmm. That's a good question. Because in my mind, I'm thinking ranger rogue. Ranger rogue. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. I would say so. And this time I will take that. 
Um, Ranger Rogue sounds good just because like surviving, yeah, being stealthy, and also the way he um, he crafts and and sort of steals and makes. I mean, mm-hmm. that just seems like such a roguey. I, I would like to picture picture him using a crossbow, but like a crossbow maybe that's like one size too big for him. Mm. But he knows how to use it so well; he treats it as like a normal weapon. Um, I think that'd be pretty fun. And is Groot <laughs> a part of this? I mean, it's really you can't not. I feel like Groot. Like so, then by extension, what is Groot? Groot. Look at that! I hit you with a double whammy. That's very easy. He's like a plant elemental. Like oh, cool. they're, they're things. Yeah, they exist. Treants exist. Why can't he be friends with a treant? Cool. You know, like <laughs> hey man, we are Groot. <laughs> Just like you know, him and his treant buddy go around. Maybe they don't go to like civilization per se because they always get like looks. But maybe they work the the fringes of That's civilization cool. yeah. and like are like a bounty hunter slash. You know, mercenary for hire. Uh, I think that pretty much fits him. Maybe like he also uses, uh, not only does he use his crossbow, he also uses the uh, like alchemist fire and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like like the D&D explosives. To has, the a bag of, has a bag of holding with a lot of crap in it. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I like that. Cool. All right. One more each. And we'll sure. call it. Okay. All right. Um, mm. Give me something. What? What? To give to David, hmm, Marl. Just try to think. Like, ooh, that's an interesting one. Bucky, ooh, <laughs> ooh. Okay. <laughs> Throwback. Here we go. Throwback. Oh, huh? oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to keep some elements of, of what you know is coming and, and change other things up. So Bucky, I would say, um, was he was a a ranger fighter. Okay. He was a ranger and fighter. Um, and he's sort of, you know, he was a, a, a military man for... Um, I would say one of the city's armies. Um, and I think he went into a battle. He wasn't prepared for him and his fellow men weren't prepared for, and he gets captured. I'm doing this sans Steve Rogers. I'm, I'm just making this blanket. And mm-hmm. if you can add in the captain America flavor into this, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as, as Bucky as is without cap. But during this fight that he got captured, his his um, this wizard, I would say, or, okay. or this 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 otherworldly being that this 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 foe that it was out of out of his league recognized Bucky's strength. I would say like hey, the rest of his platoon gets wiped out, but Bucky manages to like take hits and keep going, like sort of this fortitude, this willpower that is unnatural for just a basic human to have so yeah. much so that it intrigues this, this sort of devilish sort of um, mad scientist type of a being. And um, because of that potential, they weave magic to, um, to control him, to dot, to put a domination spell over him that constantly makes him and, and Gaius quests and, and things that make him sort of bend to their will. 
Um, and in the battle, he he loses. This is where he loses his arm. But the arm they give him in return, as sort of like a, which is weird because they they sort of just assume he's always going to be under their control, is a like a legendary weapon. Ooh. It is it is it is it is a strength beyond strength. A it, mythical it would, weapon. Yeah, it would be it would be this this like beyond a wondrous item, um, a legendary artifact almost. Um, and its powers would be. It wouldn't be intelligence, though. That's the one thing about it I don't think it would be. I don't think his arm would have intelligence. But it would just have, like, a ridiculous amount of strength bonus. Um, it would give accuracy when he's doing his ranger firing. Um, it would change shape, I think. And it would just, yeah, it would provide a defense bonus as well. Um, and, and all of these would be augmented in some way. It would be both, I, I think, adamantine. Um, maybe even mixed in with some silver or something, you know, counts as both. Um, but maybe as light as mithril. I don't know. Like change it up, like something really awesome. Metal maybe unheard of yeah. in D so Lazarus. Bring it back. Um the My metal of, the, <laughs> the metal of metals. <laughs> Lazarus. Um and uh, yeah, honestly, um, I think that's pretty much it. And then he in in his life, at some point, something would happen to him that would br- somehow break that control. It could be something as simple as on a mission he's doing for them. Um, he ends up stepping into an anti-magic zone. And in that moment, it just severs the bond and gives him this moment of lucidity that allows him to sort of regain control. But while retaining the memory of all of the things he had done while while his will was bent. Oh, jeez. And he sort of then goes on this broken path of redemption to sort of undo what was done to him, but using all of the gifts he has gained in the meantime. And that would pretty much be me. Yeah, Bucky. I like your Bucky. Sir Barnes. <laughs> um, thanks. Yeah, I also like my Bucky. Um, how about um, Black Widow? Would be your final. Black Widow. Yeah. You know, interesting. How about this? Uh, Black Widow will be a, ooh, she's an elf. Mm. A normal elf. However, she's a normal elf who was at a young, (laughs) she's a normal elf who at a young, uh, maybe like a young age, she was, her, her, her village was attacked by drow. And you like she, this theme of village sacking. Huh? I do. <laughs> it just works so well. Um, attacked by drow and she's captured. They don't kill her. Mm. Um, they train her. She's a woman. So she has some degree of, you know, in a matriarchal society. Mm. However, she's not one of them. So she's never held to that, you know, standard. Yeah. But they train her to be a killer, Mm -hmm. you know, an assassin. She'd be a rogue. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, I would say rogue fighter, but really more rogue. Rogue. Yeah. Rogue assassin. Uh, Rogue assassin. Um, And they use her as like a double agent uh, because elves are largely accepted in, in a lot of society mm-hmm. in a lot of places so they can use that to get her into places they need to to 
kind of sabotage what they need to mm. exert chaos where they want to. Mm. Um, and it's kind of a Dahlia thing you got going on kinda. right now, right? From Dritz to, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very similar, but in a way, you know, but more I under, mean, there's differences, a lot of differences. And But she's more under their control. Yeah. Uh, maybe That's cool. one day she'll go back to the heroics, but I haven't really thought about that. But right now she's really more like, she's a, she's an elf trained by Drow, and you, is their, their pawn. Double agent. Exactly. Natasha Romanoff. Yes. <laughs> Nice. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And that pretty much rounds out our D&D. Hopefully you enjoyed the Fistful of MacGuffins, and I support Avengers Infinity War. Go check it out in theaters. Um, they didn't pay us for that either, by the way. I do all these shameless plugs, even though they don't pay us. <laughs> they should. Um, we're going to end our podcast with our board game section. We're going to first talk about Love Letter. Uh, Love Letter is a... I Would you call it a role discovery game? No. I mean, that's kind of what it is, though. Not really. Yeah, a little bit. No. A little bit. Because your role changes every turn. It doesn't matter. You're still constantly trying to discover the role of the other person. I would not call it a role discovery game. But that's game. what it is. No, it's not. It's a card-guessing game. It is a role, a card-based role discovery game. Yeah, I, uh, I, I won't agree. All right, we'll let the audience decide. <laughs> so how Love Letter works is... There is a fixed number of cards, 20 of them or so. I would say. Um, and there are different ratios of each. Each card has a number on it, one through eight, um, eight being the highest. There are less, uh, there's one eight, one seven, and then I think two sixes, two fives, two fours, three threes? Th- either two or three threes, I think three twos, and then five ones. Yes. And, um, each card, each number. There's different variations of this game. Um, I have a Batman version. Jengis has a, a Weeby. I have the Legend of the Five Rings version. Is Legend, excuse me, Legend of the Five Rings version. <laughs> um, and there's many other versions out there that you can get. But the game is all the same. The numbers are all the same. The concepts are the same. Uh, the cards, the roles themselves might be different, but the abilities are the same. The number one card is a card that allows you to... Um, Guess, someone guess else's. someone's role and you can guess anything but the other ones because they have the highest probability. Um, a number two card allows you to look at another player's hand. A number three card allows you to compare your hand with another player and the lower value is out. A number um, four card gives you protection for a round so you can't, nothing can be done to you for one full uh, round until it gets back to you. Um, the five card allows you to... Uh, that the make somebody discard. The six card allows you to swap hands with somebody. Yeah. The seven card has no power itself, but if you have a five or a six card in your hand, you have to discard the seven card. Um, and then the eight card also has no power, except that if you play it or are ever forced to discard it, you lose the game. So while the eight is the highest card, it is also the most dangerous to keep. And that's pretty much it. The game is very simple. You burn one card. You shuffle the cards up. You burn one in the beginning so the odds are slightly skewed. You don't know in what way. It's burned oh, face down. Depending on how many players you have. You always burn one. I think I think it changes if you have like less. No. It's no? always one. All right. Um, you burn one so you don't know what the odds of the game actually are. You just sort of know about what they should be. Um, and that card's burned face down. Everybody is dealt a hand of one card, and then on your turn, it's very simple. Draw one, play one. That's it. You have to draw, you have to play. Um, and you just do what the cards say. Um, the goal is to either last until there's no more cards left, in which case everybody compares their hands if they're still in, and the highest card wins that round, or that game, I should say. Um, 
And the other ways in which you can win are by knocking out other players through ways of like, for instance, the one card guessing their card knocks another play out if you do it correctly or if you do the comparison and you do the lower value. So there are other ways to get knocked out of the mm-hmm. game. Um, but the idea is you are, despite what Jenga says, in my opinion, constantly trying to figure out what the role of the other person is. Not role in the sense of like they have something they're doing in the game, but they have a named role. Like in Batman, they are Two-Face or they are Poison Ivy and their role does something on their card. I don't know about that. Yeah, it does. It kind of does. Um, it's, not, it's not a traditional role discovery game, not in the sense of like Avalon or, or Bluff in that way, but it is a bluffing game. And, and the idea is that you want to play it. And there's a, it's, a, it's a lot of luck. And it's um, generally fast paced. Yeah, it's very it, easy. I mean, most of the times it comes in a very small package. A single so, game isn't so going to last more than like five, ten minutes, really but you're supposed to play the best of seven. Um, and that can take a while depending on how many people you're with. Or you can stop at any time. Yeah. I mean, really, it's just stop when it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Um, um, but it's a lot of it's it's a, it's a great game. Cheap. Really cheap. It's like, yeah, five or ten bucks. Like you find anywhere. Many different versions, as you could tell. Yeah. Barnes um, Noble has it. I mean, and, uh, it's a, you know, it, it, there's a certain level of strategy because you have, to an extent, not perfect information, but as the game goes on, you get more and more information. You can use that to kind of extrapolate and kind of see what you think is left, what your t- opponent could possibly have. And, right. So on and so forth. Keeping keeping tabs on what cards have already been played versus how, what the odds are of how many cards are in the game is is an important strategy of the game. But at the end of the day, it's also just it's luck because even if it's down to you and your opponent and there's no cards left in the deck and there's only one card burned, you're still gonna know they only have one of two cards. And even if you've got a Batman in your hand, and you're like, oh man, it's still fifty fifty that it's either mm-hmm. the card or the burn cards. It's never a sure bet. Um, it's fun. We played yeah. it recently, actually, and which which is why we are reviewing it, and not played it in terms of the first time. Like we had played it before, but I guess we just never we never went about reviewing it. Yeah, um, Jenks introduced me to Love Letter, and actually bought my Batman version of the game, and I I loved it. I I I completely love Love Letter. I think it's just a great, fun, quick game. Um, the rules are easy. It's not hard to follow. The The cheat sheet works really well if you're new to the game. If you're not new to the game, it's easy to pick back up after you haven't played it in a while. It's not something that you have to go, oh, let me go read back through the rules and remember how to play this game. Like it's, it's just, it's a simple, fun, fast paced, easy game that I think um, can hit a lot of different target audiences. I like games like this because I play a lot of heavy games more often than not. And games like this are really like palate cleansers. You know, they reset you if you're in amuse-bouche. Amuse-bouche. If you were like super stressed out from the previous game, this kind of like loosens you up a bit more, um, gets you laughing, gets you. And if you don't have a lot of time, like you can't, when you want to play a board game, sometimes you only have like what, half hour, 45 minutes to spend with somebody. Huh. Yeah. And as per what happened to us recently, but the, if that's the case, like you, this is a great game to just sort of pick up and say, hey, we're going to get a couple of these in. Like, not just we're going to get one in, like, literally a couple, a few, even. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's there's going to be multiple games. And mm-hmm. that's really nice because with meaty games, it'd be rare in that time to get one game down. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you get one game in. Maybe. <laughs> Most meaty games are an hour, man. <laughs> I you know. know. Um, but, yeah, two thumbs up. I would say so. Two thumbs up for me as I, well. I would write a love letter to love letter. <laughs> love letter, how I love thee. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then the second game we're going to review... So the, the game is... Uh, we, we played one specific version, but I would say oh, yeah. from this... Yeah, we did. We can extrapolate and review uh. the entire series of the Exit games. So this is an escape room game. There's a couple of them around right now. Yeah. But this one is hence called... Hence the craze... Not hence, but because of the craze right now of escape rooms. This these one things is called Exit. Up. And it's, this is the medieval version. I don't know the exact name. Apologies. Um... So, the, the the point of this game is you're given very little information from the beginning. Um, they usually give you a device that you don't understand immediately, uh, but will be used to to open to further the game along. And they give you a booklet that contains a whole bunch of information of which you don't really know what to do with it right away. Mm. You usually start out with one puzzle. That puzzle unlocks more puzzles, so on and so forth. Uh, sometimes in, in the exit series, sometimes you have to rip up the book, cut up the book. Um, you have to fold things. You have to look at things from specific angles. Uh, they do everything from like picture puzzles to word puzzles to so on. If you're playing this, if you buy this game, realize you are buying it for a single playthrough. It's true. It warns you on the box. It will only be able to be played once. Um, they generally run about sixteen, seventeen dollars. Yeah, and this and this isn't like in a time stories way, as you could tell from what Jengus was describing. Like you were literally most likely going to mutilate the contents of your game in a way in which you will not be able to repair them. So it's not something where you can just like, oh, I'll play it again and pretend like I don't know. Like no, like you literally just don't. You would have to go rebuy those materials mm-hmm. or remake them. Uh, I've played, uh, I believe, two of the previous versions, uh, and then I played this version with Dave and some other people. Um, I would say just flat out, uh, I regret buying this, oh, <laughs> um, just because like it, it may, it's, it was, it was a slog. It was not enjoyable, no. um, in any way. Um, some of the puzzles were just so convoluted It made you make such extreme leaps of logic that I don't know how they would think that someone would have to do this Mm -hmm. they give you clue cards each puzzle has three clues one is kind of like a very vague clue two kind of tells you how to get along the way to the solution the first one's not even a clue that's the worst part about the clue cards the first one literally the first clue card of every clue just says if you're going to solve this you need to already have these cards on the table yeah that's not even a clue that's just instructions and then the third card is generally the solution yeah um like I said, I mean, like... Which, by the way, the reason I bring that up is just because Jenks didn't mention this yet, but the scoring of the game is based on time and how many clues you chose to take. So the fact that if you're stuck on a puzzle that you know you already are on, like you have the correct cards on the table, the fact that just to get an actual clue, you kind of have to take two clues really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rough. Um, I think it caps out, like, if once you take, like, eight clues it doesn't really penalize you any more than that but like you know you're not going to get maximum uh you're not going to get full full points yeah which is you know tiring um i played a different uh this the, the i would say i don't enjoy this series of escape room games there's another series of escape room games um whose name escapes me at the moment huh yeah. <laughs> um but I feel like they're a lot better. They're a lot more like 
the puzzles aren't so convoluted. Everything's more, there's no destruction. Everything's like you have it and the cards are kind of like what you'll use. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot more. Um, I think that's a, a much better way of going about things. Um, they have a companion app. Thankfully, it's free. All it is is a timer. It's not anything else, mm. which is like, eh. um, just to give an example. Um, and, and, it, and let me just say that if you do play, if you do decide to play this exit game for whatever reason, and you use the companion app, um, turn turn off the, the sound. <laughs> Turn off the fucking sound because after a while you're thinking so hard it just it becomes this annoying background noise. I like snapped the Jenkins. I was like Jenkins, turn the fuck down. It's like I couldn't think. All I could hear was like the in the background. I was just like Jesus fucking Christ. It was a bit much. Yeah. Uh, just to give an example of how convoluted one of these puzzles can be, I'm not going to use one specifically from this one. I'm not going to tell you where this one is from, but this is an example of one of them. Um, the the puzzle required you. And in no way did it point this out or say this in any explicit way, but it required you to get the box of the game and use the barcode of the game to decode a puzzle. And that we had that we never came to that solution our own. We had to use the solution card to get to that solution. Mm. Um, uh, or at least it was the second clue or something like that. But it was ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. Um, and it, it bothered me so much. Uh, you know, it was an experience, to say the least. Um, I'm glad we tried. Yeah, I'm glad we tried. Don't be, don't be. I know James beats himself up about this. I do because I, I tend to. I like to curate my games. I like to always have winners in my stead. I know, but you know, what? we have to have we have I'm to gonna, have these sometimes, James. We can't thumbs gonna, up everything. I'm gonna burn this game in energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I give it two thumbs down. I also give it two thumbs down. There you go. Is that a first? Have we ever given a full four thumbs down? Um, not. Not a full four. I yeah, think I think we've half and half. Well, there you go. There Fuck you, you exit game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just look. I'm Jengis. I'm very happy you brought it because the fun fact is that I actually another game we'll have to review at some point is a game that I had bought for this game night that we had um, a Sherlock Holmes game that's made by Asmodee, the people that make the Time Story series. Um, but the fun fact is, is that before I bought the Sherlock Holmes game, the game I was looking at was an exit room game, an escape room game. I don't think it was made by the same people. The box was bigger and nowhere on it did it say you could only play one time and it was done. So I think it was probably that other company you were talking about. Um, but no, it was like, it's probably a third one. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It was, like big. Said, it was a, a much bigger box. There's a whole bunch. Are there, are there bigger boxes? The one I'm thinking of is a similar size. It's just a different kind of game. Okay. Cause the one that I found was like, it was, yeah, it was big. I, I've seen it. But well, regardless, like I said, there's a whole bunch. Regardless, of them. it was like a $20 game, and I was like, "Do I get it?" And I was like, "I I should look up reviews." And I actually looked up reviews myself, and they got kind of middling reviews. And I was like, "Eh." Looked up the Sherlock Holmes game; it got great reviews. I was like, "Done and done." Um, so I am glad that you then brought it because, like, I was excited because I was like, "Oh snap!" Now I get the best of both worlds. Like, I get to play the one, and then I get to play the other. But it was just a shame because we we didn't, you know. It took too long. It took too long, and part of that is my fault. I'm I'm stubborn. I'm very competitive. I didn't want to take a clue, but I also was under the impression that we were just we were missing something, and in some way we were, but not in the, but not in a way that was human. Like 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 Jenga said, these these jumps of logic were so insane. That I, I would, we never would have gotten some of these conclusions. But in my mind, I was just like, we're just not smart enough. There's something we're missing. And that just bothered me. I, I never want to call myself not smart enough. So I just like did not want to take a clue. Um, it would take a Batman level intellect to make that kind of. I'm not even sure Batman. It would take Joker. 
Because yeah. Joker would be the random one that would just randomly try some shit and be like, ha ha, look, it worked. Batman would think of all the same shit we did at 80, 80 more contingencies and still probably wouldn't figure out what the fuck this, this game wanted. Because like you said, like the leaps were just so far that it just didn't like... The only one that made me, the only one that made sense and we just, that we just didn't get, and it bothered me because I was like, okay, I actually could see where you would get this. This is a semi-spoiler for one solution of one puzzle of this game if you do play it, so warning you now. The one half Arthur, like, I don't know. I don't know. That makes kind of sense to cut hit, to cut him out. But to think it's like one of those like paper doll things yeah where you kind of have to fold it out no and it's like i'll be honest what i was thinking originally was i was thinking there was another half of arthur that we had to make yeah me too 100 um not to one half him but i or the fact that it is one half because it's a paper doll like i i just didn't i don't know that's the only one where i was like maybe we could have gotten there but some of the other stuff i was just like there's no way like there's just no fucking way there's still puzzles that, like, I'm, I'm like, that fucking draw the line one with the shapes. What was that? I don't even uh, know how that ends. Who knows? Yeah. We'll never know. Uh, so two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. And that rounds out our podcast for this month. That's right. Um, we also, Jengis uh, attended PAX. I did. Um, and we didn't get to talk about it on this episode. But if you are interested in finding out all the awesome things that Jengis did on PAX, um, you can definitely go online to geekade.com and check out some of the amazing interviews he had. That's he met right. some really interesting people. They're all on our Geekade YouTube channel. You can check them all out. I talked to some very interesting indie developers. I think we had some good questions going around. Um, but yeah, definitely give them a give it check it out. Uh, I believe I also posted some some mini reviews on the Geekade Instagram. If mm-hmm. you want to take a look at that as well, uh, you know, lots of content from that that, I, that I'm pretty proud of. Yeah. Well, looking forward to a lot this month. Between mm-hmm. Avengers and Gloomhaven should be in my hands by the Gloomhaven time we do our next podcast. Should be in your hands. We should have played it at least once. <laughs> Hopefully. And we can do it we can do an official re-review as opposed to the preview we had. So that'd be nice. It would be. Anyway, cheers. Have a great May. Adios. If you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on geekade.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode, or you just want to say hi, email us at ysnpgcast at gmail.com.